Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Bola. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Clever Girls Know podcast to talk about a very important topic, which is basically helping women navigate divorce, which is essentially a, a life-changing transition. And so I'd love for you to share with us who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, it's lovely to be here and to share my wisdom with your audience today. So I am an international divorce recovery coach, as well as a life transition specialist. And about five years ago, my career shifted into this realm instead of being in corporate America. And so what I do is I help newly divorced uh, women who are having trouble moving forward and feeling tired of being stuck in pain, fearful, resentful, angry, and guilty to find joy and self-worth and confidence and freedom in their next life. And the reason that I do that is because I was able to do so and it helped me to see that my divorce was the most empowering experience that I went through to find my identity and voice to start designing and creating a life I chose instead of feeling a victim of the one that I was living. So it has been quite the journey and I am honored to help the women that I am able to support. And I do so through my company and my program, which is called The Divorce Rehab. I'm also the host of a podcast, which is called The Divorce Woman's Guide. And I'm also an advanced theta healer. So I also do energy healing with my clients because I believe that there are multiple levels that we get to heal ourselves when we engage in these types of intense emotional relationships. And most importantly, I am, I am a mom to two amazing, amazing boys that are 15 and almost 12. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So I'd love for you to talk a bit more about your personal story with becoming a divorce coach. What is your story? Sure. Yeah, I love sharing my story because I feel like it doesn't matter necessarily, you know, if, if my story is the same or different, the emotions uh, tend to resonate. So my story with divorce was my now ex-husband and I, we had that Facebook facade, beautiful life where 
everyone thought that things were great and we were happy. We were that family that had those, you know, smiling pictures on Facebook and, and on Instagram. And little did people know behind the scenes that both my now ex-husband and I were struggling individually as well as within our marriage. And while we were in couples therapy and each of us were also taking care of ourselves separately, there was a night that I will never forget where we were driving home from a dinner out with another couple. And I realized that there was something inappropriate going on and that my ex-husband, my now ex-husband was making some poor choices. And it was a gut punch that I received that night based on repeated phone calls that were coming in. And it was in that moment that I not only realized that he had been making bad choices, but it was also a moment where I realized that I had completely lost myself, that Mm -hmm. I had stopped paying attention to my gut, to my intuition that really spoke loudly to me that night. I tend to be somebody where the universe has to (laughs) whack me over the head with a two by four um, experience. And so it was really that night really woke me up. And it didn't just wake me up to the fact that I had lost my identity, that I had also lost my voice. It also woke me up to the fact that I had sacrificed, not compromised, and there's a difference. And Mm -hmm. so what ended up happening was we spent the next year apart working on ourselves, seeing where this was going to take us, sharing custody of our kids, which was a major adjustment for me, um, having been the more full-time parent, even though I also did work in corporate. And, you know, I want your audience to know too, I was a very successful corporate executive. I had worked 20 years in the ad sales space up until this point had built up an incredible career, leading teams, managing multi-million dollar revenue of business. And I realized too, that I had just gotten on the hamster wheel of this life that just wasn't fulfilling to me. And that's what I realized over the course of the next year. I realized as well that therapy kept me really rooted in my past. And I was not really focusing or had support to help me focus on where it was that I wanted to go. And as luck would have it, Facebook Mm -hmm. put in my feed a post from a friend of a friend who left her lucrative law practice and decided to become a career coach. And I remember the post really stood out to me. And so I reached out and within hours, I had signed up to not only get the skill set of a coach, but to also I had also hired a coach. And what opened up for me was the ability to start dreaming, to start being supported and seeing outside of my past. And it was really in that moment that I was able to envision the life that I wanted to create for myself. And it didn't look like the one that I had lived. It didn't look like the one I was perpetuating. And so what I realized was that it wasn't just that I didn't want to be with this man anymore. It was also that I didn't want to be doing this career. I realized that I had been an entrepreneur in corporate for two decades because, you know, working in ad sales, I was the person they brought in to create regions from the ground up. And if I could do this for companies, why couldn't I do this for myself? And I noticed that 
there weren't a lot of resources for divorced women, resources in terms of, you know, the multiple different ways in which I was getting help. And so I was smart and I journaled my healing process and got certified as a life coach. And from there, I decided to not only end my marriage, but to leave my six-figure paycheck and to start my own business. And that's how the divorce rehab was created. It was really created as a result of seeing what I offer available in the marketplace and wanting to support and help so many women because I healed from you know, my ex-husband and I were together for 23 years, married for 16. And I was healed and through the pain in under a year through the program that I got certified in the work that I had been doing on myself. And so what I really see my divorce as is a gift. It was a gift. And it was a gift that happened for me, not to me. Mm. So it definitely sounds like going through that divorce despite how painful it was there was a lot of reckoning self-work internal assessment and that's certainly true for a lot of women who are currently navigating divorces or have been through divorces I can't imagine that it is ever a pleasant experience and maybe amicable right when you get to the table but just going through all of that emotionally can be challenging and I'd love for you to share how you dealt with going through all of those processes emotionally, especially as a mom to two kids and being just present and stable or creating stability for them. How do you manage your emotions? And I think this is an important question for women who are currently going through divorces or who are on the other side of finalizing a divorce, but now starting to just, you know, live life. How did you manage the emotions? How did you deal with the difficult days? How did you just find ways to keep moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. And so many of us hide what really goes on behind closed doors. So I'm happy to be as transparent with your audience as possible. I mean, I was a wreck. I was a complete wreck. This all happened also a week before I was starting a brand new job in ad sales. And so it wasn't just the emotions surrounding the separation, obviously dealing with the separation of my two boys, and then also starting a new job where I had to hide what was going on in my personal life. So there were sort of three facets to this. How did I deal emotionally? I cried a lot. I cried when my children were not around, I cried during the day at work in the bathroom when no one was in there. Uh, some days I had to even go to my car to just get out a lot of what was happening. I lost my appetite. I lost 15 pounds in wow. a matter of about two months. I mean, I was literally wasting away. I couldn't even tell my parents. I waited two weeks to even tell them because I was so ashamed. And I believe that the biggest reason that we don't deal or, you know, we, we hide is because we are so ashamed. We're so afraid of the judgment of what's going to come from other people instead of embracing that the sucks, it hurts. And it was awful. I mean, it was truly awful. My boys knew that it was my decision. They knew that 
it was something that not that I caused, um, but that, you know, I created the circumstances. And so I was also dealing with two young kids. My boys were seven and 10 at the time who were verbally angry at me every single day for kicking their dad out. And they blamed me. I was in therapy, like I said. And while I had amazing friends and when I finally told my family, (laughs) you know, I had their support as well. What was really hard was that I didn't have anybody that knew what I was going through. I didn't have a tribe, a support community of people who really truly understood. And it was also an opportunity for me to see who my real friends were. I realized that to heal myself emotionally, I had to surround myself with people that really understood what I was experiencing. And so it was through the ability to get into a community of, at that time, it was getting into a community of coaches. It wasn't even divorce specific because I didn't even know where to go. I didn't know of any divorce communities. No one talked divorce. You know, remember this was five years ago. It was a very different place, you know, versus where it is now. And so I really dealt with it using other communities that I was a part of. And part Mm. of seeing that there was nothing out there was what really inspired me to create this type of community because it honestly, it wasn't something that I had. It wasn't something that I found easily accessible. And so what I believe was the turning point for me was when not only did I start my business, but I started creating a community not just for others, but also for myself to be able to really talk through with these people, these other women, you know, what it was that they were experiencing, what they were going through. Because as I said earlier at the beginning, you know, when I was sharing my story is that it doesn't matter if our stories are the same. It's about the emotions. And it wasn't until I started naming and paying attention to what was coming up and being vulnerable and sharing that with others that the healing actually started. Hmm. That's so key. And, you know, what you said where it, it revealed who your true friends were and you being honest and open with yourself. I think that's something that, especially the part about being honest and open with yourself, we all have to do that, whether you're navigating a divorce or not. It just helps you gain perspective and it helps you navigate through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and just, you know, your kids being mad at you, I can imagine that being the most painful part of it all. Yeah, it was hard. And, you know, there were so many days where I, I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to let him come back. Like I can't deal Mm. with the kids, right? I'll stay with him for the kids. I'll stay with him for the kids. And I hear this so often from so many women and, you know, we forget how resilient our children are. And what I always say, and what I learned and and didn't see at the time was that my children are better human beings being in two homes full of love instead of being in one home that was Mm -hmm. not so fun. It was argumentative. You know, we fought a lot and, you know, one home where there's not that, you know, partnership and that love and that modeling you want to show your kids is not something to fight for. That's not to say that if you can't get back there, you should absolutely fight for it. I knew that that was not going to happen. I knew that we had gotten too far down the road. And so 
being able to show my children now what is possible for their dad, what's possible for their mom. You know, we both still love them and it's okay that we don't live together and that we're not married. We're still a family. We just, we look different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think time is the best healer. Yes. Right. When it comes to these difficult situations and time and letting them know that you're still a good mom and their dad is still their dad. That doesn't change. And yeah, it's, it it must have been really tough. So navigating a divorce, emotions, perspective, all that, but there's also the financial impact. And I'd love for you to share what you can around just how you navigated finances, going through your divorce after your divorce. And if you had to go through a recovery process around just money. Yeah. I mean, financial honestly is the, it's a big one, especially for women. Um, Yes. (laughs) And I will admit I turned my back on our marital finances. It was one of the things that I asked my now ex-husband to take over. It was something I did manage for the majority of our marriage. And then I actually had really bad postpartum after my second son was born And I had to let some stuff go because I, you know, I just was feeling very overwhelmed. And so my now ex-husband was the one who took over our finances and I really turned a blind eye to it. It wasn't that I didn't know of things or that I didn't know what accounts and, you know, (laughs) you know, what the situation was. Like I did read our tax returns. However, I really disconnected emotionally and knowledge based <laughs> um, of like what was in, you know, bottom line balances and things of that nature and, and really, you know, let that go. And it wasn't until my, you know, separation and my divorce was not just a wake up call around my identity and my voice. It was a wake up call around the financial impact that was about to be revealed. So I, you know, were, we were lucky. We owned a home. Um, We both had really wonderful careers. And when we were starting the divorce process, I didn't realize how depleted our savings accounts were or, you know, how, or nor did I even know that there was credit card debt. I was somebody growing up my whole life. I never had credit card debt. Um, Mm -hmm. I always paid off my credit card bills. I always, you know, I never over spent, um, you know, I was raised to never overspend and to never get myself into a place where I was in debt. And again, it wasn't until my divorce that I realized that for the first time in my life at the age of 41, that I was in debt. And the only money that really existed in my name was in the form of my home and some stock the liquid cash did not exist. And so I know that a lot of women also come into this place where they realize that, you know, what they thought was in the bank is not. (laughs) There's also women out there who, you know, I was very fortunate. I had a career. I made a really great living and I knew that I would land on my feet. However, there's a lot of women out there who are you know, the primary caregivers, they give up their career to stay home to be a mom, which I fully respect. Uh, I think that's harder than going to work. (laughs) I feel like that's harder than going to work every day. You know, but I also know my limits and I was not a stay-at-home mom. And so, you know, one of my benefits was that I had a major eye-opening 
moment, the day that, you know, my attorney called and let me know we were going to have to hire a forensic accountant because I had no idea that our money had wow. uh, disappeared. And so instead of cowering and, you know, I mean, obviously I had emotions about it and it also woke me up to it's time to learn about finances. It's time to learn about, you know, all the things that you read on your tax return, you get to ask questions. What do these words mean? And so I remember that I decided to hire a new financial advisor and I remember going to their office and literally I was like, I want you to talk to me like I am 10 years old and I want you to walk me through like all of this. Like, I don't understand it. I need to understand it. And I'll tell you, it's still to this day, I get very uncomfortable about about money. Um, But, you know, and uncomfortable in the sense that like, it's just scary. Financial information to me is very scary. And one of the other lessons, right, that I learned on the other side from the mistake that I made by turning a blind eye to my finances the lesson I learned is that I get to arm myself with knowledge and information so that I like, this will never happen again. I will never allow this to happen again. And I can tell you that I know more today than I probably have in my whole life about my finances. And, you know, I feel educated, but again, it wasn't something that I did by myself. It's something that I asked an expert to come in and support me and to help me and to educate me. You know, I also tell my clients, like, you know, (laughs) to be honest, before you want a divorce, before you say those words, you should go talk to your financial planner because so many times we think that you need a lawyer first. And I'm not saying that a lawyer isn't important, but knowing your financial situation, oh my God, if I had done that first, I would have been in a very different position. Things would have taken a lot less time had I met with a financial expert first and had somebody guiding me from the start instead of down the road when I had that moment of like, oh my God, I had no idea that this is what my bank accounts look like. Mm -hmm. That is such, that's a gem. And I'll tell you that a lot of women going through divorce that I've spoken with, that I've encountered through the Claro Finance platform, carry a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment about what they don't know about me. about like you said handing the reins of the finances to their finance to their partner and wishing that they were involved and in the aftermath of the divorce realizing that that was not the best decision and then they feel so guilty about it but if you are listening to this based on what Wendy just said it's okay it's okay to seek help it's okay to say you want to now take the reins it's okay to create a plan to recovery it's okay to do the assessment There's no shame in wanting to know, wanting to do better and seeking the help where necessary, which is what you did and which is what allowed you to come to that point where you said, I'm never going to put myself in this situation again, right? You were objective about it after you did your assessment and you're like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to recover. I'm going to rebuild and I'm going to be just fine. So if you're listening to this, know that it is perfectly fine. Yes, it's you may feel shame, embarrassment, whatever those feelings are, those emotions come. Doesn't mean that they're true. And doesn't mean that you're less than who you are. It doesn't mean that you're not amazing. It just means that now is a great time to put things into play so that you don't find yourself in that situation of being uncomfortable and angry and hurt about your finances again. 
Yep. It's totally true. I mean, I think that as women, we shy away. It's scary. And it's something that when we get, what I have found is that when something feels uncomfortable, like scary, uncomfortable, not scary, fearful, but when it feels uncomfortable, there's always a growth opportunity. And I knew that the financial piece was something that I shied away from. It scared me. And I can't, I mean, I am so, (laughs) I am so grateful that I went through what I did because I wouldn't Uh know all the things that I know today. And I feel in control of my financial situation. I feel empowered. I feel, you know, the abundance that I have been able to create as a result of, of knowledge, right? Like yeah. in some circumstances, yes, knowledge is power and other circumstances, not so much, but in this circumstance, knowledge is everything when it comes to your finances. Yes. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> so Wendy, let me ask you this question. This is actually a twofold question based on your experience going through your own divorce and now working with hundreds of women around divorce rehab. What advice would you give a woman that's currently considering a divorce from an emotional and financial perspective? What advice would you give a woman that is on the other side who is now recovering from a divorce? So twofold. Yeah, so both are great questions and both have um, slightly different answers. So, you know, if there's somebody listening who's in that place of considering a divorce, this is actually, I work with women on both sides. You know, I am pro happy, peace, joy, love, whatever that looks like. You know, I have actually sent two clients back to their marriages. If you are considering a divorce, first and foremost, on the financial side, I always tell everybody, contact your financial advisor, contact a financial expert. All you really need from what I've been told by the networking community that I'm close to in the finance world is that you know, a lot can be learned just from a tax return form. And if your name's on it, you have access to it. And that can provide somebody with a lot of information. I think, again, information is power in this circumstance. So understanding what divorce will look like for you, understanding what it is that you are spending a month and what it is that you need to ensure that you are bringing in or you have access to a month to be able to afford your life. That's on the financial side. On the emotional side, the advice that I have for people considering a divorce is, you know, it's so easy to just go, well, let's just get a divorce. And even uttering that word really, you better mean it if you say Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Because, you know, sometimes there's no coming back from that type of language. And what I always tell my clients about whether you're considering is, you know, look at your relationship. Is there communication? Is there an opportunity for you to really be honest with that person and tell them what it is that you are feeling? Do you feel more like roommates than you do true loving partners? Think about the things that brought you together. You know, yes, we change and and we evolve over time. I mean, Lord knows over the 16 years I was married, both my now ex-husband and I, we sure changed a lot. And I also knew that in order for us to get back to one another, I had a list of things that had to change and either he was on board or he wasn't. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, we shy away from using our voices and engaging in conversation. And so if you are considering 
a divorce from an emotional perspective, get support from somebody who can help you to really sort through like, are these deal breakers or are these things that get to be worked on? On the flip side, (laughs) um, advice for women recovering from a divorce. So, you know, I hear people say all the time, oh, I just want it to be over. I can't wait till it's over. Mm -hmm. Almost like thinking that when the paper is signed, it's like, oh my God, you have this like, oh, moment of like clarity. Well, (laughs) I I hate to break it to you guys, but it's not the case, right? It doesn't work. No, it doesn't happen that way. Like, I'm real sorry to burst the bubble. When the papers are signed, there is an emotional experience that everybody goes through. Every single one of us experiences. And now you got to separate everything. It's not over yet. So, you know, it's just that the judge is signing off and it's, you know, now it's about separating and moving through the logistics. And so, you know, emotionally recovering from a divorce, again, it's really important that you get support. You are in a community of people who understand what you're going through. You have a therapist, you have a coach. I am pro-therapy. I think that there is a great service in therapy. Coaching is very different. Coaching and with the way that I coach my clients who are you know, either in the process of or recovering is it's about focusing on your vision, where it is that you want to go. The biggest step in recovery, emotional recovery for divorce is having a plan, is having a vision of what you want your life to look like. And so many times, well, with every client that I work with and what I experience all the time is that you know, people don't know what that looks like. And so having somebody mm-hmm. to help ask you the right questions for you to be able to envision, well, what do I want my physical environment to look like? What do I want my financial situation to be? What do I want relationships with friends and family to look like moving forward? What about fun? What about personal growth? There's all these different areas that you don't realize are being impacted from the emotional upheaval of, you know, the rug of your life being pulled out from under you. You're starting from ground zero. You're starting from a foundation that I see as an amazing place. A blank canvas to me is magical because you get to create anything without permission. And then on the financial side, again, on the recovery, like make sure that you are being advised by a financial expert, by somebody who is guiding you. Um, The biggest piece that helped me was creating a monthly budget. And by being able to do that and also understand, you know, I quit corporate and I started my own business. And so it wasn't just a matter of understanding from a personal perspective, like how much money my life costs, right? And to be a 50-50 custody parent, I also had to look at, well, what revenue gets to come in for my business, right? What are my expenses on my business? What do I pay myself out of my business? Do I get to have support in my business? So the recovery piece, it's really important that you ensure that you are hands-on from that day forward and hands-on being advised by somebody who has your best interest in mind. I love that. So many gems, so many um, key pieces of advice. I'm definitely with you on the financial one, right? It's okay to start that very first budget. It's okay to lay down all those bills you have to pay. It's okay to say, you know, I'm going to talk to a financial planner. Okay to get the help. Okay to seek therapy if you need it. Sometimes it's just having that conversation where you can lay your heart on the table. 
with somebody that is not going to judge you, someone who's going to be objective, someone who's not going to shame you, someone who is not in your world, basically, just to speak to that person so they can help you. I'm sure, Wendy, you do a lot of that with your clients, handholding, helping them get through this difficult situation, and that's perfectly fine. So if you're navigating a divorce and you just need guidance, you need someone to direct you to great resources, Wendy is a great place to start. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, I, with the pandemic that we're navigating through, especially 2020, I know divorces went up, right? Because a lot of people were yeah. home with just people they didn't want to be around or it's solidified for them that they didn't want to be with this person for a variety of reasons, right? There's, yeah. I'm, I'm not anyone to judge about why people get divorced because there's so many reasons why, so many reasons, money, yeah. infidelity, disconnect, so many reasons. But like you said, when you say that I want a divorce, you want to mean it and you want to think through it to make sure you're making the right decision for yourself, yeah. for your kids and have a plan. Yes. so that you can get back on your feet as quickly as possible. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things that I think a lot of us don't necessarily realize is that, you know, the second, well, two things is that the second that, you know, the D word comes out of your mouth, like you've already put that as an option on the table. And sometimes you can't come back from that. Like that is just a fact. The second thing that I wanted to say too about, you know, the pandemic is my belief is that it's not that the pandemic caused more divorces. It's that the pandemic shined a light on the issues that were going on at home yes. that you could avoid because you went to work every day. Yep. And you, so were, like, you had to be present and you had to face it. There was no exactly. escape or delay. Exactly. And so people started realizing, you know, that either things weren't fixable or that things were just worse than they thought that they were. And so, you know, that's why I believe, you know, that's kind of the reason why I think the, you know, separation and divorce rate did go up during the pandemic. And yeah. If anything, this is why it's really important to get support to really see, because there are, I mean, you guys, marriages can be saved. I do believe in that. Um, yes, I've watched yes. it <laughs> and, yes. you know, but it takes two people, right? You get to own your 50% and they have to own their 50. If one of you is doing the work and the other isn't, well, no, of course the marriage isn't, you know, you can't do that. You can't, I tried to cover his 50 and it just wasn't, it was depleting. And, you know, if both people are willing to invest and there are plenty, plenty, plenty of people that will and do. I mean, I had a call just the other day with a woman who was, you know, heading into mediation. And all of a sudden, a week later, she was like, wait a second, I think we're going to give it a go. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, and so. Again, it's you never I feel like we our minds get us foggy. And that's why it's really helpful to have somebody outside of your mind to help advise you into what is the best choice for you, because it may not be what you think. And that's OK. Yeah. And, you know, that's a great point that you made. Divorce is not always the only option. Sometimes you can no. work through it, but it's up to both of you. It's a joint effort. Yeah. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing these key tips and insights with us. Um, I have to ask you because I ask everybody, what is your clever girl superpower? <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> 
So this is so, I, you're so clever. Um, <laughs> so my clever girl superpower is truly my intuition. I, and not just with me, with my clients, I get these, just these messages that just come in and I speak it. I speak it boldly. I speak it politely, but it really is my intuitive, tough love. So that is what I would say my superpower is. I love that. (laughs) And (laughs) last question before I let you go, how can folks keep in touch with you? Where can they find you, learn about your services, follow you on social media, et cetera? Yes, I love to hear from people and I would love to stay in touch with anybody that needs support. So the best way to keep in touch is to go to my website, wendysterling.net. And my last name is spelled like silver. So it's S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G dot net. I also have an amazing Facebook group of incredible people that I love and adore. You're welcome to come in and join this community. It is called the Divorce Rehab. That is my Facebook. That's the best place to find me on Facebook. And then on Instagram, my handle is Divorce Rehab with Wendy. For anybody who is looking for support, I also offer, you know, I offer the opportunity for just to have somebody listen who understands what you're going through. I have an amazing network. I offer that up along with if you want to learn more about working with me. I have a URL that you're welcome to visit to set up time. It's uh, contactwendy.com. So yeah, and I have my own podcast, the Divorce Women's Guide podcast, which you're all welcome to listen to. I talk about the things us divorcees are thinking and not necessarily saying out loud. And I do so with a whole lot of class and just a smidge of sass because that's who I am. I'm I'm that kick in the butt, you know, you need. So I love that. um, (laughs) So that's where you guys can find me. Um, You know, Bola, I'm so appreciative to have been here today to share a little bit of information with your audience today. So thank you for being you, for having this incredible podcast and for inviting me to be a guest today. Thank you so much for being here. I will be sure to include the links to your website and social media in the show notes. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.